Dan, did you happen to get the license plate number off that truck that ran over top of me? I, I did not because it ran me over as well. <laughs> <laughs> I literally feel like I've been uh, ran over by a truck. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I am the same way. My younger days are long gone. I can't, I can't live my life in the fast lane like this, <laughs> this five day weekend that we had here. Oh, yeah, it's, it, uh, it was a lot to take in a little overwhelming and I am in the same position. I'm just like, wow, I'm drained. Yeah. The, uh, the festivities from the Paul Bunyan weekend. And then, you know, when I'm at the Paul Bunyan show, ah, uh, my, I was just, my lower back, my legs, I was just exhausted. It's amazing <laughs> how, am I just getting too old or is it just that big of a demand? I don't yeah. know how people do it. That was, yeah, I don't know either. I was, I was again, the same thing. I was Saturday afternoon. I was, my back was hurting. My legs was, were hurting everything. And, and, you know, it's, you don't want to tell yourself it's because you're getting old, but maybe it is just, you're getting, you're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> this, so this was a very big weekend for a number of people, the timber industry, the firewood industry, a number of YouTube channels and certainly the Woodhounds podcast. Yes. Because we had a huge weekend with the Paul Bunyan show. The Paul Bunyan show is one of the nation's larger timber industry expos. It is in Cambridge, Ohio at the Guernsey County Fairgrounds. And Dan and I both agree. We just refer to it as a firewood Disneyland. <laughs> yes on on the program it says that the paul bunyan show is the original american forestry show so there you go yeah i believe it too yep. it is really just like a county fair except everything trees and machines yeah everything and i mean everything from shoes and socks and chainsaws and tools all the way up did you see those big machines that took an entire tree and just made dust out of them yeah instantly i mean those tree trunks were as, as big as a as a garbage truck <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they were huge ah, and it would just go in one side and it just shot mulch out the other yeah they and they had uh a different like a couple of them all facing in towards one area they were just creating mountains of mulch they in did. minutes in minutes. Oh, wonder what one of those things cost. They just sounded like, like a monster. Yeah, just well, big and mean, and they whatever their job was designed to do, they were doing it. <laughs> and I, I didn't get a price tag amount on one of them, but I did hear that the one of the larger ones consumes sixty gallons of fuel an hour. <laughs> <laughs> So that's why they only run them for five minutes. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Just ridiculous. Crazy. That is. Yeah. So this was a, okay. 
uh, I'm half joking about being exhausted, but I'm half not because I am. <laughs> and uh, there was a lot of driving for me too, because I also, it was fall break for my one daughter who lives on the other side of the world. And I had to drive out and get her and bring her home. And then I had to drive to Cambridge and get up super early, you know, the following morning to get out there and just all that driving and then spending all day Saturday. And I went into all that tired because uh, Dan, um, our good friend Adam from Hometown Acres, Bob Nelson from Metza Machines, we all met here at my wood yard at Ohio Woodburner to um, entertain the group from Finland uh, that came from the Yappa, uh, the, the company that makes the Yappa firewood processor. So we had the inventor, the, the guy who owns the patent for the 405 processor, came to my wood yard and we all got to hang out with him. That was kind of fun, Dan. Yeah. And we, and we also had outside with Scheib was there and Log Holler Jesse was there. It was just a whole bunch of us getting together. Yeah. And yeah, meeting the uh, the Yappa reps from Finland was was great. Oh just, yeah, we had Marty from Lepo Rents was here that's right. too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And the the Finns, <laughs> they were an interesting interest interesting couple there. They were very very nice, but interesting to talk to about the timber industry and uh watching them it was just kind of cool to see the guy who invented the machine standing right on top of you know my uh, work platform here at my wood yard that was kind of cool yeah and and watching them you know kind of look at the way you ran it and how things you know your setup your production how everything fit together and and worked that was and then hearing you know their their feedback and right it, that was well and he fun. started he was watching me run it and then he like stepped up and started tweaking on all of the, the valves and stuff. And he was fine tuning it to make it run even more efficient. That's wow. kind of cool. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Yeah. So that was a nice night. It was a long, it, it went a little bit longer and I thought it was going to. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And that's, that's the whole day. Like my day that Thursday was, you know, travel first part of the day and then that meet and greet and just hanging out the second half of the day. I mean, and we could have probably stayed there all night. I mean, it was the time we flew could've. by so fast. And the weather was perfect. Yes. It was perfect. It was dry. It wasn't too cold. It wasn't too hot. It was just a perfect evening. And, and we had a decent sized fire pit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> oh, boy. Last year I got mocked because my fire pit was too small, so <laughs> I, I upgraded much to the um, the pleasure of those. Well, no one else seemed to complain except you. So yes. I, yeah, I took that off your list of things to <laughs> to razz me about. I had a decent fire pit, so that was all the precursor to the following morning, which was the All Roads Lead to Ohio 2.0 live stream on youtube yes the real whirlwind started then because then that was also the bunyan show kickoff I, I i consider your live stream the kickoff to the paul bunyan weekend yeah well thank you yeah it was nice what what i like most about my live stream 
was I could just stand off to the side and watch Scheib do all the work. <laughs> Outside with Scheib is he's a YouTube channel and gosh, does that guy just work all the time? Even if you don't want him to, like you would prefer to like split that log over there. He'll say, oh no, I'm going to do it. Yep. And then you say, okay, go ahead. <laughs> that guy is born to work. If you ever want to feel like you don't, that you're useless and you have nothing to do, hang out with Shy because he just does everything. Yep. And if you say, okay, I think, I think we've done enough now. He said, well, there's a little bit more to do. Let's just finish yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking about that because the previous time he was here, I was just saying, gosh, I'm just, I just want to go inside and lay down. And he would say, Hey, you want to go stack all this wood over here? <laughs> you know? And I didn't want to be rude. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, let's go do it. You know? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So we had the live stream and that was neat because that was at 9 a.m. Eastern time, New York City time. And there was like over 150 people that dialed in. Yeah. There was a lot of uh, <laughs> in international uh, viewers as there well. There was. There was. That was really neat, too. That's one of the neat things about having a YouTube channel is that it's not just like you're getting people from other states. But I mean, I got like 50 different countries that, that follow me. Yeah. The world all over the world yes yeah that was real nice and so then my live stream ends i have to hop in my car and drive out to pick my daughter up at college and dan and scheib leave for cambridge right yep and then the fun really began so won't you tell us well, what happened there yeah the drive to cambridge was the longest two hours of my life <laughs> i don't know why but why? it took us forever to get to cambridge it just seemed to like just go on maybe i was just so tired i don't know uh -huh. but we we were arrived down to cambridge we checked in her early to the hotel um got a bite to eat and then i had planned for my live stream the friday night live stream to be happening from this hotel the fairfield inn in suites uh-huh so we were, i was you know kind of i scouted things out um we w were gonna go outside for it but they didn't have good lighting and it was kind of cold so we got things ready and then there was actually people like showing up um to like just hang out and be part of the live stream like around five in the afternoon and we weren't going to start till eight so things started building in the in the lobby things were you know mm-hmm and, and then when we went live, we lost it all went control. Down. Yeah, it went all downhill <laughs> from there, huh? <laughs> no, it was it was a good time. Um, I think it just gave another little, you know, people a, a chance to come and be part of it and something different for the live stream. But yeah, yeah it, I watched from uh, when I got home, I was watching on the computer and it looked to have a big crowd. It was a loud one. It was a loud crowd. Yes. And it sounded, and even after your live stream went off the air, I guess the party continued on. Is that right? Oh, yes. Yes, indeed it did. <laughs> <laughs> did you get, uh, did you get yelled at at any time during the night? No. And I, when I got down there, I talked to the manager and I talked to the 
the other manager that was then on during the evening and you know just I, th- I thought it was just proper to give them a heads up notice of what was going to be happening. They were fine <laughs> with it. And yeah, it, everything, everything went good. It was, a, it was mm-hmm. another, just another great time. Yeah. Ex- continuing on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that led into, so that was Friday night. Then Saturday is the busy day at the, at the show at the Paul Bunyan. It's a three day event, right? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep. And Saturday is the heavy day. When I got there at around ten thirty a.m., uh, it was it was packed, man. Yeah, we we got out there real early, like around seven. Oh wow! So, and at, even at that point, though, it was it was starting to build. You know, the vendors were coming in, getting things set up. People were trickling uh-huh. in. Um, and yeah, it just. I think I can't remember if they said if. I know they. I know. I heard that Friday was much busier than last year on Friday and Saturday as well. So I think yeah. there was a bigger attendance both Friday and Saturday. What I like what they did differently this year. They last year they you paid uh, to get into the parking lot and then you're in the show. Well, traffic you know is backed up all the way out onto the highway. This year they had you park your car. And then you could go stand in line and, yep. and and get in. That worked a lot better. I agree. That was a much better setup than paying yeah. to park. And then, you know, that was your uh, admission process. Yeah. The one thing, though, so when I was trying to get in, I had a prepaid ticket, as did a number of other people. But they didn't have the two separate lines. So everyone was waiting in this really long line to buy your ticket to get in when you didn't really need to. All you needed to do was just walk up to the gate and hand your ticket and you're in. Yeah. So, yeah, that was one thing. <laughs> no one's asking for my opinion, but that would be the one thing I would change uh, to get in because I, didn't, I think that line would have probably been half of what it was because it was a pretty long wait to get in while we were standing in line. Uh, but that's probably because I showed up later than you. Yep. Yeah. I didn't have any of that. I was, I was probably, we just walked in, the lady grabbed our ticket, ripped it in half, gave it back and we were in. Yeah. But isn't it the moment you walk into it, uh, like we came out onto the, the track, you know, like every County fair, it's at the grandstands and the infield and there's like the racetrack. Yeah. And, yep. and it's just every, you know, the term, everything is a buzz and it was a buzz. And that's what you hear. Just this drone of machines and a distant chainsaw and, you know, a loudspeaker people talking. It's just, <laughs> it's just overwhelming to the senses. It's just awesome. And the smell, you can smell fresh cut wood in the air and then fair food you know the the elephant yep. ears and the gyros and the steak sandwiches and stuff oh yeah it and that's last that's the one thing i like about getting there early is you can you can feel and hear and have that sense of that build it the building up to that buzz so like uh-huh. you know there's like a lull and there's people starting to get machines running people are getting there the pizza oven was getting fired up, you know, and then the right. chainsaw starting to run. And then all of a sudden people just like that, that drone of, you know, people talking and yeah. And yeah, it's, it's very, very I don't unique. know. I don't know about these, uh, fair food, you know, these, these 
trailers because they obviously it's just like at the county fair you know they are just a thousand of these you know food vendors that are there don't you think that the paul bunyan could probably use twice as many food vendors than what they have yeah gosh the lines to get food were just crazy although i think the problem with with the lines is that everybody like wants that like the bunion burger you know they want that specialty food from uh-huh. the show so when i went around the the grandstands and that's where some of the food vendors are not all because they kind of go around to the other like turn two of the racetrack it's just the lines are just crazy you'd think that they could even let in i don't know if they have like a limitation on how many food vendors they let in but I, it looked to be the food vendors made a killing. Yeah. Or they could take and have like on the, the corners, like say corner one and then corner three opposite side, have like the bunion burger available in both like two locations. Yeah. So, so you, everyone yeah. doesn't have to come to one spot. I agree. Yep. Uh-huh. Why am I critiquing the Paul Bunyan? I don't know. <laughs> Finally, because it's just it's just awesome, man. There's nowhere yeah. else. It was like time stood still, Dan. There was just nowhere else I wanted to be. It was just great. Yeah. You know? And and the other for me, one of the big factors about being there was also just meeting people and just talking and yeah. interacting and just having that that experience, you know. With the I met a ton of people. Yeah. Oh. I didn't. Every time I saw you, you were talking to someone, <laughs> you know, because yeah. people recognize you or, or they, or you owe them money. Yep. Or something. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were, you were a very popular guy down there. Well, you had uh, your, and you were, you had your meet and greet, and that went from the looks of it, went great. At the Yappa tent. It was for two hours, and I, there was a you know there was a line the whole time i was there uh, yeah i never went i never went like a second without not saying hi to the next person you know yeah i thought for a minute there you were like running for political office or something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't vote shaking for me hands. i'll just raise your taxes yeah. <laughs> shaking hands and smiling <laughs> taking pictures with babies yeah there was there was so that was the, I would always ask, you know, people their name and where they were from. And there's a lot of people that came a long distance. There was a ton of people from the Carolinas, Tennessee, Michigan, Kentucky. New York, Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, yeah, Kentucky. Yep. There's a ton of people from Kentucky. Yeah and uh and of course ohio a lot of people from the area but there were a lot of people that came a long distance that were staying in the hotels yeah it was and so that's that's my my same uh thing is i always i always ask you know their name where they're from and then yeah you just uh-huh. you're just amazed at you know the distance traveled and but everybody i talked to was having a great time like that i yeah i totally agree how could you not yeah uh i would argue too i don't think that you i think you could have zero interest in wood and machines and firewood and the timber industry i think that you would still be entertained if you went there i agree 
you could walk you know? down the the rows between that equipment and if you had never even known logging existed or timber uh-huh. industry existed you would you'd be like wow that yeah that's crazy <laughs> like those gigantic mulchers serious oh. guys they they're as big as a small house they're that big <laughs> and they're when they would turn one of those on did you notice the entire grounds everyone just started gravitating towards them yep. just it's like a train wreck you can't take your <laughs> eyes off of it it's just everyone's hypnotized watching this poor tree which was probably 200 years old by the size of it just being pulverized man <laughs> it was serious it was like an ocean of mulch coming out the other side of that machine yeah it was unbelievable <laughs> What what would you do with that thing? How could you make a? How does that thing make money? Because mulch isn't expensive. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. I don't know if it's you know like part of like land clearing contracts. You're uh-huh. getting paid to clear the land and then the byproduct of mulch selling it. I don't know. Well, that thing can't be cheap, and no. it's obviously not cheap to run because it's sixty gallons an hour. Yes. <laughs> and there was a number of them down there it's probably like five or six of them wasn't there yep and like i said they were all kind of shooting into the center area Mm -hmm. and just making mountains mountains of mulch oh yeah there was every log splitter in the world was there and every processor well maybe not every but a lot of firewood yeah not every processor you know what though i don't remember seeing a super splitter there did you i don't think i did no i have seen one there in the past but i didn't see one this time yeah Uh, yeah um but i there were log splitters i never even heard of that were there um every processor that i can think of was there i did not see the blockbuster because i almost bought one of them before i bought my yappa that came down between those two. I like the blockbuster, but I didn't see it. He's they've been there in the past. Yeah, and there was there was a new a new one that I didn't see last year on the one end that had like a twenty four split wedge in it. Oh it, yeah, it was, I saw them it, run a log through there. Man, it was popping. The pressure <laughs> that that was put behind. Wow. Yeah. It, that was and then, uh-huh. and then that same company had like a packaging where they with the the big drum that would fill up and then it kind of lifted up and as it lifted it would have that uh netting wrap uh-huh. the wood and so you'd get like a pallet of firewood inside of a like netting wrapped up i didn't really i didn't yeah. see that yeah was that the red and yellow uh yes. Yep. So I can't think of the name right offhand here, but I know that they're made in France. Ah, okay. It's like Lagarde or Lus. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, I don't. I saw, but I saw the machines. the 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 processors almost look like one of those automated ones where you just flick the switch on and it does like all the work for you, like the Pezzolato kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I saw, did you see the machines that make bagged firewood? Yes. yes. There were two of them down there. One was down by that French processor. Yep. 
And then the other one uh, was right next to the Yappa tent. And it was called And Why Not, right? Right. Because the guy's name that invented it is called Andy Not, K-N-O-T-T. Yeah, and, and that was an interesting setup because they were running the, a 405 conveyor up from the Yappa 405 was splitting the wood, yeah. running it through a disc cleaner, and then right into the hopper for that packaging. Right. And he needed 10-inch split, so Bob would readjust the 405 to make shorter shorter rounds. Yep. That's how easy it is to adjust the lengths on that with the 405. So like, okay, that machine, I'm not, this is going to sound like I'm being critical and I am not. Okay. It, it seemed it had such a, okay. So let me describe it first. It had a hopper. It would take the splits. It would take them up this single file conveyor and they would go around to the other side, go through like this shaker thing, which would shake all the garbage off of it come back around and it would go over this trap door and it would open and drop one split of wood and then it would stack them all on top of each other. And then the once that was full, the bottom of the trap door would open and let all of those logs fall into a bag. Or a box. I or a box, because he had boxes there too. <clears throat> I thought it the the final product looked really cool. It just seemed it almost seemed like that big machine that the cat in the hat was was driving you know just this big gigantic complicated <laughs> contraption it just seemed yeah. like does it does it have to be that busy to do what it was doing because the other one that i saw and i i'm sorry i can't remember the name of it but it was really the same similar design just a different size. It was a little bit smaller, but still a big footprint. I mean, like, it'd be like the size of a big living room yep. it would take up. Yeah. But but even taller. It's probably 15 feet tall. And the other thing, though, Joe, is if, if you paid attention, I don't know, but I was kind of seeing a potential for the stacking machine you've been thinking about. Because... I totally know what you mean. Yep. Yeah. It, it, it would stack that wood in that chamber... And then slide down into the bag or the box. So I don't know why you couldn't go a step further to have it slide down into a stacked row of firewood. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that you bring up a good point, Dan. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if I had said before, I feel like I'm being critical here. <laughs> the only thing I would really criticize the Paul Bunyan show for, they need more bathrooms. You know, there's not enough porta potties. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, the, I, all the machines are awesome, but I still didn't see anything innovative to where yeah, I just went, wow, this is really, really cool. Yeah. There wasn't that, that amazing invention. Uh, I don't know what it is with the timber industry. Maybe it's cause we've been working with logs for so long that everything has just gravitated towards a, a simple you know, efficient machine, but I didn't see, I didn't see all of that. I mean, you think about it, just think about just the firewood stuff that was there, all of the, the, the saws and the processors and the splitters and the tools, there is still no efficient, affordable solution to handle split firewood. Nope. 
That and is, I am discounting bags because I'm telling <clears> you, I'm not. I think I've I've crossed bags off my list. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. nothing. Yeah, it's, maybe we need to do a whole episode on why I'm saying that. But I'm talking. I'm not talking about just putting a bunch of stuff and moving it from here to there. I'm talking about keeping it and storing it so that it dries. Right. You know. And I still there's I didn't see the even like the only thing I know out there is like that posh pack fix. Yep. And it wasn't and it wasn't there. No, but but that 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 uh exhibitor down at the end with the the red and the yellow, that that's what they had. They had something similar to that. Were they using it? I didn't see it. They had used it once cuz they kind of had the 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 drum like all the way up. The difference was is that it didn't use a a circular drum, it had a square drum that fit on the pallet. Uh-huh. So your end product was like a wrapped pallet. Huh. Yeah. I didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't yeah. see it. And that was what I was looking for. <laughs> I was thinking there's going to be someone someday is going to invent a wood stacking machine or a reasonable storage uh, handling solution. Yeah. And, you know, I just didn't see it. I mean, what the heck? How much time do we spend with moving wood from here to there? Yeah. And our only other solution is to leave it in a big pile sitting on mud. Yep. I think that's where, I think if there was like more demand for on the end product side of things, because, you know, people just, they look at stacking as waste of time. And so when there's a waste of time, I don't think it gets the attention that like the increase or like increased time in production gets, you know, everyone yeah. wants a faster splitter, a faster saw, a faster this, but nobody then. So that's where the focus goes. That's where the attention goes. I think you heard me say that to our Finnish friend Vile from the, from yep. Yapa. He was the man who, whose name is on the patent of the 405. I had said, you know, the frustration I have as an end user for his machine is industries keep coming out with faster, more efficient, uh, more productive firewood processors, but <laughs> they're still not addressing the, the ultimate bottleneck. And that is, what am I going to do with all these splits of firewood now? You know, <laughs> It literally takes me twice as long to stack what my machine can make. Yep. Um, you know, what my machine makes in a set amount of time, it takes me twice as long to stack that amount. So come up, come up with a solution for me. I'll buy it. Yeah. And generally the only, the, I guess, standardized accepted response to that is, well, just don't stack it. <laughs> you know, that's what everyone, yeah. so everyone just leaves it at that. They're, they just leave it as we don't need a solution for this because, well, just don't stack it. Yeah. Well, and that gets to the style of firewood there is, you know, and that's where I admit that the way I sell firewood, I'm in the minority. To me, it's not a bulk volume enterprise. It's low volume, high value, uh, and a high margin. So that's where it would still make sense to have a machine like that. I mean, if you're leaving these gigantic mounds that are 40 feet tall with a, did you see that one conveyor down there? How big it was? Oh my goodness. I got, it made me queasy looking up at how tall it was. Could you yeah. imagine? And you know darn well that there's been firewood piles that big that somewhere. Would, that would be like my 10 to 15 year supply might reach the top. <laughs> <laughs> Did you also see, it was right by, by that 
conveyor, that gigantic, it was like a, a bucket, a crane that went, went up way up in the air, I guess, probably for people to trim trees or something. Yeah. Way too there high is, for me. There is no way I, you, I, you could not give me enough money to go up in that thing. There's no, no way. And, <laughs> I've never seen anything that went up that high before. It was amazing. Uh, and, and then on the, there was also right near that big conveyor was a loader bucket that I swear to God, I could park my truck inside. I saw that. It, it, I don't know what the volume of that is, but I bet a scoop would be close to a cord of firewood. Oh, <laughs> it was huge. I, yeah, I watched that um, on Discovery Channel, you know, Gold Rush with Parker Schnabel. Yeah. He's got loaders like that. I was like, good night. I mean, that would hold, that would hold a five year supply of firewood in one <laughs> scoop. <laughs> yeah. Dan, it was just such a blast. And then did you see like all the outdoor wood furnaces? Yes, I did. I saw them. Uh, and it seems now gasification is the is the way they're going. Huh? I had a very interesting discussion with the owner of the, uh, well, not the owner of the, the, com- or the company that was there representing uh, Crown Royal Outdoor Woodboilers. Uh-huh. I had a very right. interesting conversation with him. Oh, wow. Yeah, he, and it's named after one of your favorite uh, drinks too. Yeah, <laughs> but he um, he enlightened me on some information that I'm not sure a lot of people out there are aware of. When burning oh, yeah? wood in an outdoor wood boiler, what is it? Water does not burn. <laughs> so when your wood isn't seasoned, you're burning water, and, uh-huh. that's, not, and that's not good. Yeah. you're taking away the heat that would be transferred into your house, right? Right. <clears throat> uh-huh. So, yeah, he said on these gasification units, the wood must be between 18 and 25% moisture. Yeah, well, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> Just good luck with that. And oh, my he, gosh. He emphasized the must. Like, that is the way... Yeah. Those things are designed, and if you don't, if you burn wood that's in the upper 30s or 40s, he said you'll just have maintenance nightmares. Uh-huh. Did he say that they use much less wood because of that, though? And then, yes. And, and that technology? Yep. 40% uh-huh. less, he claimed. Wow. Yeah. If If I could recognize that, I might be willing to put in extra effort with my firewood. Yeah. But that's one of the joys of the outdoor wood furnace is it, it'll, if it fits in the door, it's going in. Right. Yep. You well, know? Uh-huh. And, and so then, you know, I've, I've heard people discuss about how they're going to stop making the old style wood boilers. Yeah. And, and that is not true. They still make yep. them. The difference is, is that they are marketed and I guess manufactured as a coal burning unit. That that then doesn't make them uh, have to have uh, the EPA regulations of a wood burning unit. So they're exploiting a loophole in yes. the... Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah, because it really probably comes down to what kind of grate is in it, I think. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, wow. Well, my outdoor wood furnace is no longer made, so it's a moot point. I had always thought about finding a new... Because I do believe in new technology. I embrace change... I think it's I think it's cool, and maybe I would if the day comes, you know. But I would also, if my furnace were to go kaput, I would probably buy a used one. Yeah. <laughs> instead of 
instead of a new one. When I bought my first brand new, my Hardy out here, I, there is no way in this world I would have ever bought a used one. And now that I've had one for 16, 17 years, I would absolutely buy a used one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I'm, I'm starting to think because my boiler now is going to be, this is this 10th season. So I'm starting to think of, you know, what's my only, I just hope it, if it does come to its end of life of service, it happens during yeah. the spring. <laughs> so, well, you know that that's not going to happen. Yeah, so, I, so I don't have to replace come it on. in the middle of winter. <laughs> it will break down on February 12th at <laughs> 2 a.m. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! So I uh, had worked. I had worked my way over there to the furnaces. I'd like to talk to them, but they were busy. There's a lot of people there. They have a lot of interest. My videos that I've put up on my channel about my outdoor wood furnace, some of my bigger videos. Yeah, and uh -huh. I think this year with the rising cost of propane and fuel oil and all the other alternatives, heating ways, I think they're yeah. getting even more attention. Yeah, we have we had we have a past episode where we talked about the outdoor wood furnace. They're not for everyone, but right. uh, when you do have a good situation, boy, are they nice. Yes, we keep our house as warm as we want. We have total disregard to the thermostat, and we have the hottest shower this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> we do, yeah. Did you get a chance to check out the log splitters? Did you see the Easton Maids? Yeah, Easton Maid was there. Um, I had never had a chance to physically see an Easton Maid in person. Last year they weren't there. Um, well, you saw mine. Well, but I mean, like other than yours, you know. Okay. Other than the yeah. Axis, I mean. Yeah. Like they're, you know, they're actual. Uh, I guess I don't know log splitter like I'm used to, you know? uh -huh. and and their processor. Oh my goodness. That thing was something, wasn't it? <laughs> Had the big wheel of death on it. <laughs> well, and an interesting point about their processor. Um, so all of the exhibitors, like with firewood, uh, log splitters or whatever, they get, they have logs brought to their little, you know, tent. Yeah. But it's in log form. So if you're there demo demonstrating a log splitter, you need to actually buck your logs into rounds that you can then demonstrate with. Uh -huh. So. What the Easton made crew did is they just ran the logs through their processor to cut them with that big giant wheel of death and then sent them out there, uh, the little the, uh, kick out the splitters. Shoot. Yeah. And then had all their stuff bucked up. <laughs> wow. They had a lot of splitters. They were neat. Oh my goodness. Yeah. When I think of Easton made, I think of just big, beefy, welded, tough stuff. Yeah, the yeah. tanks. The tanks just of logs. Indestructible. <laughs> indestructible. Yeah. No, they were a lot of fun. Did you get to see the Wolf Ridge display too? Yes. Yeah, they had they started out Friday morning with a lot of splitters and on Sunday they were all gone. <laughs> they sold them all. Yep. Yeah. All of them were gone. That, that's probably they probably just hope that they can sell everything. They don't have to take them back home with them. Right. Makes their return trip easier. <laughs> yeah. You know, I saw a bunch of bundlers too. People um you know that, that make bundles, those those wrappers. I saw a number of those. Yep. 
I saw Dinah now makes one. That, Dinah had a bunch of machines down there. They had a real big display. Yeah, I, I, I was surprised by that as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, they really had a, a real nice um, real nice setup there. And then on top of that, so there's all kinds of of skid steers and wheel loaders and and all. Everything. They did. Yeah, they had the big kiln with kilns direct and I was wanting to talk to the to the representative there, but he was always busy. But yeah. I've always been fascinated by kilns. I think what fascinates me is that I don't understand them. Or and I I know what they do. I don't understand the economics of a kiln. So you did get a chance though to go walk the grounds. You saw all the sights and everything that needed to be seen. Yep. Yeah, I saw everything I pretty much wanted to. Yeah. You know. I was at the Yappa tent. It was supposed to be for two hours, but I was there for a lot longer than that. But I did get away to go walk and, and just check everything out. But even then, you know, I, I kept running into people and uh, getting to meet new people. And, and uh, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. But I did keep finding myself back at the Yappa tent. It was kind of like, it was kind of like headquarters. <laughs> yeah, I kind of I did the same thing. I always found my way back there, and and that's another. They started out with I think what three machines they had set up, and they were they all sold all of those, all of them. Yeah. So my four hundred five is no longer the only one in the world. So now there's a second diesel powered four hundred five out there because I they sold it at the show, and you know. So I now. I see like displays differently. It's not like I'm looking at the machines. I like looking at the way these businesses set up displays because I've learned a lot from Bob Nelson at Metsa Machines. But yeah. that is one thing. He really does a professional job. Yep. You know, he is for real. It's not a, this isn't just something he, do, he does to stay busy. He is, he does a great job. Yep. And, and I don't want to knock any other vendor there, but you definitely noticed a difference between some exhibitors and the Yappa tent. There was yeah. a flow and a, a, like everything was set in a certain way that just, it welcomed people in, but yet it contained people. It kept them there. Yeah. I like the way everything was set up and you could move from machine to machine and Bob and his team could be in the central area. That tent I thought was real strategic. Yep. And then how he even had it, you know, with that that bagging machine, the the, yeah. the Andy the Andy not the and why not machine. No, I thought um I you know, I don't work for Metsa machines. I don't get a commission or anything like that. I am just proud of my association though because um I think you know, Bob, the more I get to know him, the more you realize he is just a he's a go-getter. Yeah. He is. Yeah, he's serious. He is he is great for the industry. I'll say yep. that. Uh -huh. And did yeah. he did he inform you of where that other 405 was going? Uh, if he told me, I can't remember. The state of Wisconsin. Really? Yeah. So now there you go. Wisconsin, Ohio, uh -huh. the only two in the nation. <laughs> did you see the decal that he had on it? As no. seen, uh, he had a decal. It said "as seen on YouTube," and it had my logo on it. It was kind of wow. cool. Wow, 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I spent most of my time there. Gosh, there was just so many people that came in. It was such a nice experience. And it's flattering because I still just see myself. I'm just Joe from Youngstown. <laughs> yep. And um, uh, it was just, yeah, it's flattering. It makes me want to do a better job than what I'm doing. You know, yeah, so if, I don't if, you let, were, yeah. if you were one of those people who stopped by, thank you very much. That actually, for me, was the highlight of the show was meeting the people. Because I agree. It's, you know, last year, well, it's probably because I forgot everyone's name from last year, but it was different where like the equipment, some of it's the same, you know, you've seen it once, you've seen, you've seen it all, but the pe- meeting everyone is just, that was the highlight. Yeah. Uh, the moment I parked my car, I got out of my car. I met the people that parked next to me. They recognized me. <laughs> and uh i met people waiting in line i walked with the these two really nice ladies from kentucky i can't remember their names uh, i walked in with them and then of course you know at the tent it was just uh it was just an avalanche of of supporters and people that appreciate the yappa machines and and youtube yep flattering yeah wish i could have stayed even longer maybe i should make a second day when i come down there but you know we had our daughter had fall break so i finally got a chance to see her and yeah but i don't know i wouldn't change anything about the weekend it was a blast and you got back safely and shive did (laughs) i I haven't talked to bob yet but i had a little delay in a couple flights and one flight uh, got me back later than i wanted to but yeah, I got back safe and sound, and there you go. Good to go. So yeah, well, maybe we can plan another one of these Woodhound episodes next year for uh, All Roads Lead to Ohio 3.0. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. we. It's just, but like you said, I mean, there's so much going on, and you just get so, I don't know, overwhelmed. Sometimes it's hard to. I like to have you know the the best plan is no plan, but sometimes you know if you try to plan too Uh much it just makes it even worse yeah well i think that's probably what we did though i mean we had our our schedule what we needed to do and where to go but it wasn't super specific yep we just went with the flow uh the one thing that got to me though was you know my you witnessed it my phone rings all the time and i still had a business to run (laughs) (laughs) even though i've take took four and a half days off i still i got a backlog of of yeah. calls i gotta get returned and yeah i got wood that gotta get that has to get delivered yep. i spent uh, all day sunday evening i delivered a quart and a half in three different deliveries yeah you better get back yeah. out there we better let you go because um unlike shibe i i when when there's work to be done down here in ohio i i gotta go catch a flight <laughs> <laughs> i'm too tired I'm, I'm i'm still wore out from bunion yeah <laughs> it was a good war out though. I'm glad yes. it was a blast. Yeah. I can't wait to do it again next year. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, Dan, maybe we better strike up the band so we can get out of here and get out and enjoy this beautiful weather too. Yeah. So you can go get to work. That's right. Well, we want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Woodhounds and making us the number one firewood podcast in the world. Greatly appreciate you all tuning in and Greatly appreciated meeting all of you 
this past weekend. Very much so. All right, Dan. Well, what do you say? Everyone have a great day. Great day.